Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember last Sunday's gospel in which Peter answers Jesus' question, who do you say I am? With the words, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus praises Peter's answer and calls him the rock, the rock in which Jesus will build his church. In the gospel today, Jesus tells his disciples what it means to be the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. Jesus tells them, it is not all glamorous or exciting. He will go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering. He will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. He will be buried, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Jesus is telling his disciples that being the anointed one will be hardships and costly. Jesus' words are way beyond Peter's comprehension. There is no way this is going to happen. All of a sudden, Peter the rock became Peter the block. It becomes a stumbling block on Jesus' way to Calvary. Jesus has to make it clear to Peter and the others that if they want to follow him, they have to put aside their thoughts of what he is all about. And they have to know that their discipleship will be costly. Jesus wants to make it perfectly clear to Peter and the other disciples that if they want to follow him, they have to put aside their thoughts of what he was all about. And they have to know that their discipleship, being one of his disciples, means having to change their expectations. Gaining life, a life that lasts for all eternity, is theirs by letting go of the things they think are very important in their life. In the time of Jesus, the cross was the symbol of shame. There was nothing glorious about it. Crucifixion was for the criminals and not the Prince of Peace. As St. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians and the Jews, the cross was a scandal. To be crucified was the ultimate humiliation. The early Christians did not want to be identified with the cross. Today, most Christians are connected to the cross. One of our past parochial vicars, uh, Father Lloyd, rest his soul, God rest his soul, had always, one of his homilies had always asked, if I were to walk into your house, would I be able to identify that house as a Christian home? Would there be a crucifix public where I can see it as I walk in or across? The most important symbol in the early Christian communities was the fish. During the persecution, when the Romans were attacking the Christians, in secret they would meet and they would draw a kind of a half a semicircle if they were facing to each other. The other ones would complete the circle that would look like a fish. 
the Greek letters that spell out the word fish clearly describes the character of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Son of God and Savior. Even when the cross came into the Christian art, it was always a jeweled cross. If the image of Jesus was on the cross, it showed him as priest and king, never as a naked, defeated man. It was only in the 5th century that the crucifix we come to know became prevalent to us and popular. The cross is the center, central to all Christian faith. Without it, there is no resurrection. There is no reconciliation with God. Years ago, I met a young man at the Crucio Center. We were on a retreat. And as we walked around the Crucio Center, he began telling me what was wrong with the church and what the church had to do to be relevant to the young people. Man, he said, you got to get rid of that cross. It's a downer. Can you believe that? You got to get rid of that cross. It's a downer. And I looked at him in horror. And I said, that is a very bad statement. And it's one that will not be accepted. That one piece of advice we won't follow. In the crucified Christ, we, are, we see the love of God made visible and made real. God's loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son to the world, not to condemn, but to die for us the most, in the most shameful, painful way. As followers of Jesus, we are promised the cross. It can come in many forms, illnesses of mind and body, chronic pain, the death of a loved one, disappointment in relationships, loss of a job, breakup of a marriage, struggling with our own personal problems, and today, struggling with the corona pandemic. Every one of us carried or is carrying a cross. Usually when a cross comes into our life, we tend to ask, why God? Why Lord? Why this illness? Why this stress? Why this disappointment? Why this hurt? The question we could be asking is, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to handle this? Am I going to <coughs> let the cross crush me, embitter me, make my outlook on life sour? Or will I face the crisis I see as an opportunity for growth in my faith in God? Can I trust that God is with me as he was with his son on that tragic day in Jerusalem, as his, he was with his son as he hung on the cross? Crosses test 
our trust in God's love for us, in God's presence to us. In those times when we fall under our cross as Christ fell under his cross, we make our own the prayer of the confused and desperate father in the gospels who honestly told Jesus, Lord, I believe, help me with my faith I have. Lord, I trust, help me to increase the little trust I have. And then as I was going on thinking, I kind of included this, Lord, I love you. Help me to love others as you have loved me. Lord, help me to be one of your disciples so that I may be able to walk in your footsteps. And I ask today, will you be able to walk in Jesus' footsteps and carry your cross? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.